0: And the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life, our God. Amen. One of the things I really appreciate about Anglicanism is that we have kept the saints. Lots of other Protestant churches still have churches named after saints, but they really don't know the story of even their their saint their church is named after. And they've certainly, I think, most of the time forgotten the story of nearly all the other saints And, well, it would be fair to say there's a number of Anglicans who would be in the same boat. But, at least officially, we have kept them. We have a calendar. Uh, Every week we remember two or three or four saints. And we're invited to remember them, to retell their stories, and to think again about uh, what they offer us. And I think they offer us a lot of things. One of the things is that they inspire us. I remember... Uh, Many years ago being in England and finding a book about the Celtic saints and knowing nothing about them and then reading about them on their feast day and being inspired by the simplicity of their life, by their humility, inspired by their faith and their selfless serving of those they lived among. The story of the saints also remind us that we are part of something that is much bigger than just us gathered here this morning or all of those who will gather here in this place this morning. We're part of something much bigger than all of those who will gather in any church this morning. We're part of a story that goes right back to at least the time of Christ, and, well, depending on your theology, well before that as well. They are part of our story, and we are the ongoing part of their story. And all of that helps keep give us perspective when things don't seem to be going well when numbers are dropping when things are hard we can actually remember that this is not the first time that things have been hard before in the history of the church in the lives of the saints and we are just simply part of that ongoing story Throughout the year, then we are invited to remember a whole bunch of people we call saints. Some of those people in our calendar actually have that title. And, well, the Catholic Church is still in the business of recognizing people as saints. And so the latest, or one of the latest, was Mother and now Saint Teresa of Calcutta, who officially is called Saint Teresa. But we also have a number of people in our calendar because we don't have a process by which we recognise people as saints. We just put them in the saints' calendar and there they are. And so we have a number of people in there who don't have the title saint but are in our saints' calendar. And some of them come out of our British heritage, people like Florence Nightingale and Elizabeth Fry. Some of them are part of our story here in Aotearoa, people like Suzanne O'Bear, and Turoa Wahaora, I talked about at nine thirty a couple of weeks ago. And then we have saints that are associated with our, both our diocese and with this place. People like Pitipi Tumata Kura, Henare Taratoa, and Heni Tikiri Karimun, all of whom are in our calendar of saints. On Tuesday, the first of November. It's All Saints, so tomorrow is Halloween, which somehow has become all about ghouls and witches, but actually is all Hallow's Eve All Saints Eve that's the origins of that strange thing. I do like on Facebook there was a, uh, a track that you could play, which was chocolate coated broccoli. Just imagine giving that to children coming to the door. man there's such a big bunch of chocolate. ooh no broccoli no uh, not broccoli. Uh, What's the other one? I don't really like round little balls. Brussels sprouts. Yeah, chocolate coated Brussels sprouts. So it looks like a round board of chocolate, but actually, no, Brussels sprout. So today, the closest Sunday to All Saints, we are remembering all the saints. Those who are in our calendar, those who are not in our calendar, and there are a lot of saints who are not in our calendar. I remember. Uh, on a visit to England once I was one of the museums there and uh, there was a calendar there uh, of all the saints and it was between a queen and a king and as part, part of the marriage compact he had agreed that they would not have sex on a saint's day and she had properly produced a calendar of saints with a saint on every single day of the year <laughs> I'm not sure where the heirs were supposed to come from but she was making her feelings pretty clear And then there are all the saints who are known only to God, whose stories have been lost. And then on Wednesday, the day after, it's all souls. A day we remember all those who have died in the faith. A day where we are invited to remember those who we love, who have died. Especially, but not solely, those who have died in the last year. So on this All Saints, All Souls Day, we heard the story of a little known saint, because well, little known, he's well known, but we wouldn't often think of him as a saint, would we? Zacchaeus. It's a well known story about a rich tax collector, or publican, and I'll kind of talk about why the word publican is important later on. It's a story about Set in Jericho, which is right down the bottom of the road from Jerusalem, It's at the top of the Dead Sea where the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea. And it's miles below sea level. And people lived there because the weather was better. I was in Israel when it turned seriously cold, well below zero, and wet and nasty. But when we were sitting in the Dead Sea, it was still bitterly cold, but there was blue sky above us. There were black clouds on that side and there were black clouds on that side but where we were was blue sky because the drop between the mountains to well below sea level. Kind of the clouds disappeared. And so people lived there. It was a popular place to live but it is at the bottom of the road to Jerusalem. And that's the important part in Luke's story. They have come down. They are at Jericho very soon. He will be entering into Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday. So, the end of the story is getting really close if you've been following the story through. Now, Zacchaeus was too short to see. And we kind of glide over the next detail in the story, but it's a really interesting part of the story. And that is, he risked huge humiliation and climbed a tree. Boys climb trees, men do not climb trees, rich men do not climb trees, people of honour do not climb trees. So to climb a tree was an incredibly dishonourable act, would not have been seen in a good light by anyone, certainly wouldn't have been laughed at, he would have been mocked for that, but he risked that and climbed the tree so Zacchaeus is shocking everyone by his actions and then Jesus shocks everyone with his because he says to him Zacchaeus hurry down today is my day to be a guest in your home this is exactly the kind of thing that kept getting Jesus into trouble getting him into trouble with the leadership getting him into trouble with the Pharisees It is exactly the thing that leads to his crucifixion very shortly in the story. That he kept eating and drinking with the wrong kinds of people. Sinners. Like Zacchaeus. You don't eat with sinners and you don't eat with Roman collaborators. To do so is to honour and bless them. And they are people you do not honour or bless. The message translates this next passage as, Everyone saw the incident and was indignant and grunt. What business does he have getting cosy with this crook? But is he really a crook? Well, how we understand that Depends on how we interpret the next part of the story. So this morning we heard the translation from the, from the New Revised Standard Version, and they re- translate the next part of the story, and it's probably the way we think the story should go. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Now clearly in this version of the story, Zacchaeus is a crook. But for his crazy, dishonorable act of climbing a tree, Jesus has offered him God's forgiveness. And he responds to this unsolicited offer of grace and forgiveness by this astounding offer to give away half of his money to the poor and to refund four times anyone he or anyone who has worked for him He is the chief tax collector. He doesn't do a lot of the tax collecting. Others do that. He's the top of the pinnacle. And Jericho was a good place to be a tax collector. There was a lot of trade through there. And all of that trade was taxed. And it was his job to tax it. Well, that's offering to give half his money to the poor and four times refund to anyone he has defrauded is in sharp contrast to the story we have just heard. We haven't heard it because the lectionary skipped it and we've just kind of moved over it. And it's, but if you had been following the story through, two stories back is the story of the rich ruler who comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, go sell everything you have, give to the poor and come follow me. And he goes away sad because he is very wealthy. And the disciples are astounded and say to Jesus, who then can enter? Like They're astounded that this wealthy man has to give it all away because wealth is a sign of God's blessing. Surely the wealthy get into heaven. Surely the wealthy inherit eternal life. And Jesus says it is easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than for the wealthy to inherit eternal life. And so here we have Zacchaeus, in contrast to that ruler, much less attached to his wealth and on his way to becoming a camel unloading his goods to enter through the eye of a needle. It's a great piece of theology. God forgives us already. It is up to us how we respond. And Zacchaeus offers us a model of how we might respond. But the NRSV is not the only way you can translate that passage. The message offers this translation. Zacchaeus just stood there, a little stunned. He stammered apologetically. Master, I give away half my income to the poor. And if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Did you hear the difference? The NRSV is in the future tense. I will. The message is, this is already happening. This is what I do. Now, we could argue, the message is not a translation, it's a paraphrase, it's a bit shonky, it's nice to read, but we should never take it seriously, which is fair enough. But the King James Version and the Revised Standard Version, and the Greek agree with him, the Eugene Patterson who wrote the message. The Greek is in the present tense. Stop and think about that for a moment. In the present tense, Zacchaeus is not responding to Jesus' forgiveness. He is not responding to Jesus' invitation. He is protesting his lack of corruption. He is saying, I'm not a crook. I'm not a sinner. Yes, I'm a publican. I'm a tax collector. So, yes, I'm a Roman collaborator. And, yes, I'm wealthy, but I'm not corrupt. And more than that, I obey the law. I fulfill the requirements of the law. I give half my income. To the poor, I refund anyone who I have defrauded or those who work for me have defrauded four times. I might be a Roman collaborator, but I am an honourable Roman collaborator. And then the message carries on. Jesus said, Today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. Now we always interpret that to be, well, he was lost because he was a sinner. But maybe he was lost because no one could see who he really was. Maybe no one could see that Zacchaeus really was a son of Abraham, even though he was a Roman collaborator. In this reading... Jesus is not forgiving sins. He's not offering grace. He is simply seeing what everyone else fails to see a devout man of faith who happens to be a Roman collaborator. And while everyone else, including most of us, I would suspect, just see a sinner, of course he's a sinner. He has to be a sinner. He's a tax collector, he's a publican, he's wealthy. How can he not be defrauding people? He has to be a sinner. We assume. They assumed. But Jesus just saw him for who he truly was. A son of Abraham. And the good news of that is, he also sees who we truly are. Sons and daughters of God. Even when we can't see it ourselves even when others can't see it. So two different ways of reading the story. Both have great theology. Both equally valid. Both, well, the translators of the Bible have wrestled with it, and some have gone for one way, and some have gone for the other. So there's no right or wrong answer here. There's just Two ways of understanding the story. And I'll let you decide which way speaks to you. So what about Zacchaeus? Is that the end of the story for him? Well it is in the Bible, maybe. But tradition says it's not. There is one tradition that says the Zacchaeus' last name is Matthias. And that he is the Matthias of the Acts. Who is then by lot elected The 12th apostle to replace Judas. Now, some of you who know the story go, but how can that be true? Peter said that whoever replaced Judas had to be with Jesus at his baptism. And the story could be that, well, he was with Jesus at his baptism, but John made it clear that a lot of those who were there at his baptism left him because the teaching got way too hard. And maybe Zacchaeus was one of those. And maybe the reason uh, Jesus could say to to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus come down was because he already knew him and was pleased to see him. That's one branch of of tradition. Another one says that Zacchaeus the publican, Zacchaeus the tax collector, became the first bishop of Caesarea. Could well be the same Zacchaeus. So today we remember a little known saint, Zacchaeus the Publican, possibly, probably the first Bishop of Caesarea. And we remember all the saints of God, the great saints, the little saints, the nameless ones who have lived their life of faith. And today we also remember the saints of God we have known and loved. The saints of God who have helped shape us, helped shape who we are today. Whose passing we remember and mark today on our All, saints, all Souls, All Saints Day. Today is a day to give thanks and to remember and to honour all those who have gone before us. To recognise the influence they have had on our lives. To acknowledge the part they have played in shaping who we are. So I invite us to take some time in silence to remember these people and to give thanks for their lives and to remind ourselves that the greatest way we can honour them is to live our lives in tribute to them. So take some time, give thanks, and when you are ready I invite you to light a candle uh, so there are two places you can light your candles from. One is from the Paschal candle and there's another candle of the light if that's a bit high for you. So when you're ready, come forward and uh, we have a little basket of candles there which Jackie will come over and hold for you.